This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. As usual, it's special being here. Uh, we have a flow of people from Silver Spring to Silver Spring over the years. It's been mutually enriching and, and rewarding um, having Talmudim who got the foundation over here, having people who came to get the foundation here and so on. So it's um, and especially since the uh, founders of Yeshiva and the pillars of Yeshiva, uh, many of them are from the Mir and White Kufa. So it's a mark where I feel very much at home. The topic I was asked to speak about is not an easy topic because it's practical. But it's much easier when you can speak about things that are a little up there and not so practical. And that's the relationship with um, the nations of the world, with Umas Olam. The, um, for many, many years, years, I mean centuries, the issue was kind of moot. Um, the relationships were difficult. Um, most of the time, it's um, to quote one of the mayors of New York, I think it was Kach maybe, or being one of the first Jewish mayors, there was Ukrainian Day Parade, and he as mayor was leading it together, whatever was the head of it, and he tells, he looks back and he said, in the old country, if I would have seen so many Ukrainians behind me, I'd be running for my life. That was the level of relationship, and there was a lot of uh, animosity, mostly caused by the stoke by the church, difficult conditions of the people, and so on. So, so the relationships were not an issue. There were countries, like Italy over the centuries, um, Spain in different times, where there was a lot of acculturation, where there was a lot of interaction, intellectual, um, quasi-religious interaction. In Italy, you had over the centuries um, rabbis and priests studied together and so on, and it took a heavy toll on the, it, you got sucked into because the religion of Christianity was dominant and magnificent and successful at the time, it had not a good effect on people. Um, it's a sad part of our history that many people in Spain converted before the Inquisition. Um, there was pressure, there was incentive, but a lot of it had to do with the lack of clear boundaries. In America, we are fortunate to have a very positive environment. I mean, every so often people ask occasionally, okay, so you know, what do I think of the centers in America? When I grew up, uh, Rabbi Farah, Rabbi, you grew up, when I walked down the street, I kept looking behind me to see if any Ukrainians are following me. Not Ukrainians, but modern-day Ukrainians. It wasn't safe. I, I mean, I, I was called the Jew boy, whatever. I don't think they particularly Jews. They just, I was a target, and, and that wasn't, that was kind of, today, there is, there is, I mean, it's, it's a gift. But with that comes the fact that we are very intertwined. It's not the intellectual rabbi-priest type of thing like in Italy or, or Spain. It's normal life flows together, Americans are very egalitarian, there's no boundaries, and we have family members intermarry, people we interact with, and so on. And it's a question, how do we 
and deal with it in a way that is Torah true and yet feasible and decent and so on. Specific answers are obvious, different for each person, and you need somebody to talk it over with. I want to try to draw a sketch out a few important principles so that we have an understanding of what it's about. The Kuzari is very interesting. Um, his approach to Yiddishkeit doesn't start with God, it starts with Klal Yisrael. And that's his focal point. His focal point is Klal Yisrael. That's how he builds Amuna and so on. His big picture of what happened, and the Ramchal in his language says it very similarly, is as follows. HaKadosh Baruch created man, Adam. And Adam is what Hashem made the focus of creation. This is what it's all about. Adam does not know any internal boundaries. Adam is Adam. After the Chet of Adam Rishon, and the Chet becoming um, enforced and entrenched with Dara Mabel, Dara Flog, and so on, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tried very hard to rehabilitate man. And it didn't work. Obviously, Hashem knew, but this is, it, pre, it, it, it presented itself and didn't work. So the divine plan became, let us choose a specific subset and let's make them the ones that will become the model Adam, the perfect Adam, and that will bring the world up so that Anything that's possible to be Adam will become Adam. It's just like when you have, um, sometimes you work with a group of people, and then you realize so long as it's diffused, you're not able to bring out the best. You pick a specific group, you make them sort of the lead group and demonstration of what you could do, and that becomes a model for others to follow. So, Akarish Baruch Hu left open the possibility of a subset of humanity to bring out some of that of that suras Adam, that, um, that model of what a person is. Adam. <coughs> Next one was Avraham. Avraham was the first person in this mess of a world that showed his person to be of the cut that Adam is meant to be. And of his children, Yitzhak showed it, and of his children, Yaakov. And at that point, we had at least the raw material of what could become Adam. Yaakov's children also needed work, and Mitzrayim, with its difficulties, presenting a, a tremendous hurdle in many ways, brought out the very core, let's call it genes, it's, 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 it's a spiritual genetic material that finally came out of Mitzrayim. So it was a process of finding the core, the core values of what Adam presents and making that 
into a nation that would become perfection and perfect the world with it. it the, 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 Mr. Sharm says it in his introduction to Mr. Sharm that the ultimate purpose of man is to raise the entire world with him. So with the leaving of Mitzrayim, the Jewish nation was created. The Jewish nation is Mamlechas Kohanim. It's the nation of elevated people that would become that model. Now, let me make one thing clear. They, they once asked, somebody once asked the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who is better, a non-Jew who's, who's performing magnificently or a Jew who's failing? And the Rebbe said, it depends if we're talking about potential or realization. HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the end of the day gives schar based on what you've done and where you're holding. But the reason why a Jew is special is because of the latent abilities. Being a Jew means we have the ability to become something other than what you would expect from a physical, biological entity. A person who has feelings, drives, um, ambitions, for things that are not material and go way beyond that, in many areas. The Maral, when he speaks about the different mitzvahs that Jews are given over non-Jews, says that um, atariag mitzvahs do not fit a non-Jew, he doesn't need it as such, and can't handle it as such. He can do them, but but there's nothing there is nothing it'll click into. It's like it's, it's like when you have a, a gadget that has 35 pins and the thing is sticking in only has five holes. The other 30 holes are just useless. The other 30 pins are just useless. Yisrael has a need for tag mitzvahs and an ability to hold these tag mitzvahs and to become extremely refined because of Hagnitzis. So we have a basic level of human decency that expresses itself in Zion Mitzvahs. That's a minimal needed to have the, uh, a, a shame Adam. And then we have Tarek Mitzvahs, that's the fullness of Adam, and that Kalei possesses the ability. And if you possess the potential and ability, you possess the obligation as well. It's not, um, it, it, it's not a luxury. Whatever it is that we, whatever it is that we have in us, that could be fulfilled, we're obligated. Kachprochu did not give us extra stuff. Every penny, every talent, every ounce of spiritual ability, if it didn't come to realization in this world, we're going to be asked about it. What happened to it? I gave you this, 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 and so on. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has developed over, has, has, has created in this world a subsection called Klal Yisrael. They represent man as he should have been. We are far from, we're not born perfect at all, 
because man was not meant to be born perfect. He was meant to have an ability to realize perfection. So Klai Yisrael, once that became set, all the nations of the world are people who on their own can't realize it. We can realize it. And we're obligated to realize it. And that's where we carry a tremendous Ruchnistika burden to do so much more than is expected of a normal person. And when we become the people who we are, the world will rise and uplift with us together. Exactly how will everybody become Jewish, will everybody become part of the picture, Don? Those are, those are part of Mashiach, and we just have a vague idea that I'll call all the nations Safabura, they'll all come together, exactly what will happen, but mankind will have fulfilled itself. We are the ones that are going to lead it. Now, in order for that to happen, the biggest obstacle to it is the following. Um, I once read a, a very insightful point about in biology. I guess you can be insightful in biology as well. Um, when you ask people in a cell, what is the most important part of a cell? So, the nucleus, the, the, the mitochondria, a lot of answers. This person said, the membrane that surrounds the cell, because that defines the cell. You can take all of the material of a cell and empty it into water, and it's not a living being, because it's just chemicals floating in water. The membrane whether it's a cause or effect, but the membrane, it defines a cell as a cell. And when it's in one place, and it has its, 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 its defined boundaries, that is going to become a being, an entity. So, Claudius since we are, from the get-go, physical beings, we're not different biologically than an animal, we're not different emotionally on our basic level than any human being. It's only the core neshama that has that extra dimension. If we diffuse ourselves and meld into the world around us, we will never ever be able to realize what we're supposed to. That membrane is called Havdalah. Va'avdalaschem. Who says, I set you apart and aside. We keep a distance. We keep a boundary. The Joshua Saran and the Rajba, Joshua Saran and the Rajba has a small sefer, a Vikuach and a Muna. I think it was written vis a vis Christianity. And they both say almost the same thing. They say that the enmity that's created between Jews and non-Jews is because of this Havdalah. It's automatic. If somebody, if I tell somebody, somebody comes and says, hi, come over for the barbecue, and I say, thanks, but no thanks, or I'll sit in the corner and sip a Diet Coke, it's a bit insulting. And you don't, you know, it says that food brings people together. If I can't eat your food, we can never be together. If I want to 
introduce your wonderful son to my wonderful daughter and I say, no way, it's insulting. I'm saying that I'm different and people don't like that. And that is Havdalah. In order for Klal Yisrael to be who they are, they need to have that sense of distinction. We are like other people, but we're not. As we're different, we're distinct, and the Torah part of the mitzvahs create that barrier. Not to marry in, not to eat together, and so on. Not to culturally mingle. There's, a, there's something called chukas agoyim. It's hard sometimes to define it, but in the broad picture, it's the general cultural milieu of the, of the world around is not our cultural milieu. It's fascinating. The most famous Gioras is, um, is Rus. And we learn a lot of the halachas of Gairus from Rus. And one of the halachas is we teach Gair, we teach a person things. And if you take a look, the first thing that Naomi told Rus, she told, we don't go to theaters and circuses. Now, that's not a mitzvah d'oraisa. It's not, certainly not a chomer I mean, if you want to start things that are chomer, what are Shabbos? The first thing we tell her is, we don't go to theaters. Yes, may not be the best thing in the world, but why is it, not so yeshivish to go to theater? What, what, what is it, why is that the first thing to And the answer is, because understand, you're not taking on religious practices. You're becoming part of a different world. This is not our world. And since this was, I guess, the major cultural venue, so this is we're telling you, you know, you're going to be of a different nation. Rav Hutna used to point out in Gemara in Yevamis that when you ask, when you tell a future gear, you try to push him away, you tell him two things. First of all, Kalal Yisrael has it very rough, and he has to say, if only I'd be worth it. And then we tell him, mitzvahs are kind of really rough and tough, and here are some of them. So he explained that Gerus is a two-part process. I'm accepting mitzvahs, and I'm also accepting I'm part of a people. And Kalal Yisrael, nations are defined by geographies, language. There is no such thing as a third-generation Italian-American. There's not even anything, a second-generation Italian-American. He's American. Yeah, my old man came from Italy someplace. Because he's not living in Italy, he's not speaking Italian, so what makes him Italian? Um, the, only African-Americans, because they look different, that's why they're still African-Americans. But there is nothing, no other country, Ukrainian, Russian, Italian, French, second-generation, they're, they're Americans, and that's it. We're different. We're Jewish. And it's Jewish not just a religion. We're a people that stay even in a different culture. We're in a different culture, in a different world, and we're different. And we have this, this, this Havdalah that keeps us apart um, artificially, but really it's organically that way. So what do we do? We now have two perspectives on the non-Jew. One is he is Adam, he's a person. He's a person who someday will, will achieve what I am struggling to achieve on his behalf. 
my respect for him, my care for him, and everything is the care for Atzal King. My work, part of what I'm doing, is in order that he finds his proper place and so on. So there is the respect and positive attitude towards a person like that. On the other hand, I need to make it clear that it's not me. Those are very, very difficult things to do. It's difficult with strangers to reach the balance of appropriate respect, compassion, care, and yet it's not me and a real personal bond will not exist. It becomes extremely difficult when it's family. So, and, and it, when, or it's people that I interacted with tremendously or people that helped me a lot, or that I was involved with them, and many issues like that. So, two things that have to, um, that, that are important to bear in mind, and again, whenever it comes to a specific issue, these are very difficult, very delicate issues, and having somebody you can speak to personally who understands you and understands the situation is very advisable. But two of the more practical guiding factors would be, Darke Shalom, um, friction in a family and in a close-knit community is a curse, and it creates tremendous problems and upheavals. And we, whatever we can do, even if it's a stretch, but Allah allows it, so Shalom Bayis, Narke Shalom, and so on, are very important factors. Um, on the other hand, there's a marshal that's, and I, it, it's a famous marshal, um, people misquoted a bit, but I'll, I'll tell you what he says, that's important to bear in mind simultaneously. The marshal says, he speaks about a Gemara Baba Kama, where the Goyim asked the Jews about a certain halacha, and they told him X, Y, and Z, and so on, and he asked, why don't they just lie? I mean, it was a thorny subject, and just, you know, just kind of uh, avoid the truth and so on. And the Mashal has a very strong shita about corrupting Torah, about saying things about Torah or Yiddishkeit that are absolutely not true. He says it, that you're supposed to do it even at the price of um, Sakonis Nefoshis, where it's dangerous. Um, he, he, um, he, there's sort of a proof to that. It says Agrippus was the king. He was not Jewish um, or not, not um, fit to be a king, but he was a very nice king. Um, he was, his power was based on, on the Romans. He wasn't, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a, a, a king, organic king of the Jewish people. And when he found out, he was very upset, and everybody told him, no, you're just like a brother, you're like one of us, you deserve to be king, you can be king, it's we have dinner care about and so on. And it says the Jews, for that statement, deserve to be killed, and it falls under um, the general rubric of what's called Hanufa, which means distorting the truth for personal gain, which is a very bad midah. So those are two Mekoros that indicate that. Modern poskim disagree with the fact they say the Marshal Shita is Marshal Shita, but Pikuach Nefesh doesn't get pushed away. But if it's not Pikuach Nefesh, 
then it's a very strong issue. So to tell somebody it's perfectly okay to marry somebody not Jewish is a terrible thing, and it's usur. To deal with this situation, and sometimes it's, it's people that don't understand it, and you, and you create havoc, um, and there are many other factors, potential that the person might sincerely become Jewish, and so on. There are many factors. But learning how to say things in a way that you don't, for instance, if you tell somebody, meeting the person, I understand what you like about the person. But you know, um, for us, keeping the Jewish people alive and, 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 and remaining Jewish is paramountly important, and it hurts me. It's very different than saying it in a very, very gruff way. A learning how to balance the two, I'm just trying to point out parameters. On the one hand, you need to be able to never <coughs> say something that's wrong. You can't distort Torah blatantly, openly, um, for anything. On the other hand, preserving peace and Darke Sholem and Menshechai are extremely important. It takes a lot of times, you know, and especially because a person is emotionally buffeted by it. You'll have, you'll have cases where a family that's observant and orthodox and one of the children marries out, how do you deal with it? There are a lot of variables. And, 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 and it's tremendous pain and tremendous emotional turmoil. But understanding a little bit about what it is, how we're looking at it. We're not looking at the other person as being worthless. We're not looking at them as being subhuman. We're looking about them as being humans, Salam who cannot realize themselves. HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want people, people are not just other animals standing on two feet. They're, they're, they're an entity that has an ishama to it, which means a moral, a moral feel that no animal can or will possess. Chalal Yisrael's charge and mission is to bring it to the level it ought to be, not to a minimal level of not stealing, not robbing, giving some charity, and that's it. But to bring Tariq Mitzvahs, which is a, a, a whole Ruchni sticker world, the, um, the charge to do it is our initial charge as a nation. And part of that is to preserve our self, to be mounted ourself, is a statement about us, not about them. We, to remain who we are, need to put a wall around ourselves, need to put a membrane around ourselves so we can define ourselves. The difference is what makes us us. We are different, we think differently, we understand differently, we act differently in a positive way. And we have so many more mitzvahs and so many more sort of. We need to, we can't ever distort Torah for convenience and say things that are openly wrong that, you know, for, for convenience. On the other hand, working hard, racking your brain hard and figuring out how to preserve um, Darke Shalom is extremely important. Chazal made many, many takhanas for Darke Shalom and, and it's, it's a struggle. It's hard. That's why, since every situation is different, there's nothing you can say 
works everyone. But at least try to sketch out some of the parameters, some of the issues. And God willing, this is it's it's a terrible issue because when the enmity is clear, so it's rough, it's tough, it hurts, but it's it's a clear borderline. My job is to be safe and to and, and you know to keep out of harm's way. But when we have intertwining and keeping our havdola becomes sometimes very difficult and sometimes emotionally difficult. That's a real big nisayah. And it is the nisayah of our generation and God willing, Gretz Hashem, will be zeichah to become the people we ought to become. And, and once we'll become the people we ought to become, if people understand what Yisrael is and what Kai Yisrael is, God willing, the issue will become a mood issue. That's not sure. Perhaps mm-hmm. Rashid can take two or three questions from the guys. Do you have some specific questions that you would like to ask Rashid? Yeah? Would it be mutar um, asur or advisable or not advisable if um, one could tell a lie to break up into marriage? The answer is yes. It's just like, it, it just like uh, um, to save a life. You were able to lie. You do have to be smart enough to understand if you found out there would be repercussions. But certainly we see it as something so terrible that it's definitely whatever it would take. Yeah, 100%. If you, you certainly can be shining for this. But I'm just saying on a practical level, you, you, you need to know that um, you, you need to know it's like a boomerang. You know, there's a practical part of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when people ask about Judaism, uh, uh, that's about Judaism because of confusion points. Uh, is, is there? I know we're not supposed to. You said you just told me something. That's, I'm not supposed to have kunufa. I'm not supposed to lie about it to make them feel better. But how much exactly am I obligated to say? Is I mean, I'm also not supposed to go so much into oral Torah. But you know, they're, they keep asking, asking, and asking. You can give a general answer. If you're working, someone asks you about tzitzis, you can tell them it's a, you know, look it up in the Bible, it's a reminder, because that. I don't think they'd want to go through all those tzitzis in every detail. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can say sometimes, you can say, you know, the Jewish law tends to be very complex. And, you know, it's a major work. You can say it's an area not to take versus Keep the generalities, and, and, and as long as the generality fits their sense of things, it usually works. It's I can tell someone to look in the Kodesh. Yeah, tell somebody, look at them, they have Bibles, so tell them, you know, look at the Bible. Most of them don't have a Bible, so, you you know, they know there is a Bible, but they have, very few people have access to it. So, you can tell them, look at that, and, and so on. And, uh, you know, you can sort of brush it off and say it's very complicated. But you can tell them a general picture. This is where people of God and do many things to keep in mind and to behave because there's, there's a God in our lives. Yeah? In the situation where the kids have to travel into marriage, is it appropriate for, to be misspelled out that the non-Jewish person should convert? Um, you can be misspelled that, you know, that the intermarriage comes to an end, and if that person converts, that's another way for it. it it's fascinating. I mean, one of the fascinating phenomena that I've seen in, in Silver Spring is amazing. You will have an intermarriage couple where the non-Jewish side begins to become interested in Judaism, they buy into it, and they schlep their poor partners screaming and yelling to become from. This is not, this happens very often. And, and, and maybe this is, you know, 
there's part of it, there's what we do and what Hashem does. Hashem brought out of Moab and Ammon, He brought out David Amelch, out of stone, out of Moab, out of Ammon, and Matsasi David Avdi. That's a Kadesh Prophet's Kadesh Baruch Hu, and you know, there are many, Klal Yisrael has been enriched extraordinarily by many Gerrit Tzedek who slept back. People, I, I mean, you know, it's still there's many people like that. And it's fascinating. <coughs> but that's their Cheshmer. So you can misspell that the intermarriage is over so they can break up or they can become, you know, they can become Shlomo Muni Yisrael. You know, that's already Hashem. Yes? What's the situation with an intermarriage where um, the, the guy has a Jewish father and they were they grew up in a religious family, so their kids would be Jewish and raised Jewish. So you have to tell the kids at some point that you, you, if they're going to a school or something, a school is usually aware of it. When they come old enough and, and so on, they need to understand that that they, it's either gay or it's, it's not infrequent. You you get this every so often. You you know at, at that time you tell them, listen, you have a choice. You can remain non-Jew. You are non-Jew halachically. You can remain that way. Or, if you choose to be Jewish, it's a process, you know, you, you gave us, we usually do not discourage those kids, but they also have to understand halachically that they're undertaking something, they're not Jewish, they're undertaking it. This is, again, this is something with case by case, but you, at some point you're going to have to tell the person, Rebbe Yashif asked him once, it was the for the Russian Jews, that if a person is integrated in the Jewish community, where he will probably marry into the community, you, you don't have to discourage them if they come to be this guy. I don't know if it was because practically you're preventing a mixture. I, I don't remember. It was a long time. It was the 80s. But, but his point was that if the person sees himself as Jewish and he's seen as being part of Jewish society, if he sincerely, if he sincerely is recovering mitzvahs, there's no, you do not have to push him away. Yeah, so um, I was wondering, so you were mentioning a lot about the dorm between um, there was this you know, to sort of discourage interaction between Jews and non-Jews, right. and a lot about the cultural side of people being, right, the more you hang out around certain people, so you can pick up certain things from them. So I'm wondering, in terms of how, how do you see the relationship between from Jews and non-from Jews who maybe have adopted more of um, like outside cultural influences or cultural influences that aren't really considered to be uh, aligned with. Over there, you're struggling with something else. Yeah. You have an obligation about You have an obligation to try to bring them closer, and, and becoming personally friendly with them is that. So there, you need to ask yourself: Am I being sucked into something? You know. And are my children being sucked for something? The, the balance flips the other side. Almost all of them, we keep our distance, we're cordial, we're friendly, we're compassionate, but it's two worlds. With Kalal it's one world, unless there's a reason why I must keep a distance. But the need to, to draw in another Jew, and both for Bernardo Haver reasons, and for being Mashpia, it becomes a very critical factor of that. Yeah. In terms of social norms in the workplace, if after work a bunch of people are going for a drink, and now we're, we're going to drink wine, so one person asked me a question, a specific question of like, Rabbi, does beer have the same category as wine in terms of drinking with non-Jews? But much more generally, what do we do in those social interactions where it's a norm 
for after work. Everyone goes for uh, for a drink. And so, 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 I mean, halachically, any mashka that's a shachar together is a problem. And and I would say that that would be the um, that would be a reason to stay away. In other words, to tell people you know you've got a tough home situation, you've got to be home early for the kids, for for the wife, whatever it is. It is something, you know, at work also. The less you're personally involved, the healthier it is, and the more correct it is. People need to value as a very good worker who's kind of different. Um, and, it, and you know what? It, it's, a, it's an exciting, because normal people like to feel normal. Normal people don't want to feel like they're weird. And if your thing at work is this guy is great at computers, but he's kind of an odd bird, he never hangs out, never does, he's gone, and that's it. That's hopefully when you come to the base medrash. That's where everybody says, Chaim, how are you? You know, that, that, that's, that's where you drink your Chaim. But, but uh, you know, I'm serious. A person needs Chaver, a person needs that. that. And, and at work, you need to be effective, efficient, honest, all those milers, and caring, compassionate. But I quoted, I, I, somebody wrote a biography of the Reichman family after the collapse, and it was not a high biography, but it was positive overall. But one of the points he made, he said, in all their interactions, no one had any idea of their personal life. How many kids they have, the bar mitzvahs, the weddings. It was a wall between them personal life. They were, they were very cordial. They were very menschlich in the dealings. They were tough in the dealings, but, but no one had any complaints about. And yet their personal life was out. And a person avoiding it as much as he can. Yes, that's a perfect example. For most non-Jews, the workplace is their family. They, they, they really have a family early in life. They, they, many don't have a family. Many, many of the family is not that important. A, a, an important workplace is that's, that creates that, that environment. And that's exactly the opposite of what we believe in. And, and yes, it's, it's, a, it's something that, that the person needs to, to pay attention to. Okay, last question. Yeah. Uh, Rob, just to, to build off that question, um, at least the, the places where I was working in the past, if you were, I guess, quote unquote, uh, you were just giving the example, you kind of have to be separate, you're this guy who's kind of different, and you just do your job, and you do it very well, and that's who you want to be known for. But at least the work environments I've been a part of, that person isn't necessarily the person who's going to, you know, get promoted or is going to, like, rise to the top. It's the people who, they definitely have a serious talent, but at the same time, um, you know, they're, they intermix to some degree. They don't have to be like, you know, the guy at the water cooler all day, but at the same time, you know, everybody kind of, you know, they know them a little, a little bit, they like them, da, da, da. so I guess how do you, which I don't want to put words around it, it seems almost like that goes against what you were saying. That's like you kind of want to be as far away as possible, but at least from what I've experienced, you need to have definitely like a, a balance. So how would you? So it, it's a real desire, it's a sacrifice, yeah. and it's a sacrifice that we make to be cholesterol. I mean, everything we do, the minute a person has a yarmulke on his head, he has tzitzis coming out, he has payas, he, he, he's not there for Shabbos, he is different. And everything counts against you. You're not going to be the successful person you can in, in, in that environment because you're the odd guy out. But that's a price we pay for being high so. So if it means a little bit, you know, there's some way of magic, you know, if you're a little more friendly, but I'm saying, yes, the answer is our careers might be stopped at some point, but it's a, it's a, it's a price that we pay for being holy so, and proudly so. I am different, and, and I, don't, I don't have that Nisoyen, 
where, where, where I work being Jewish is a positive, uh, you know, it's, it's looked upon very positively. <laughs> but, um, you know, but you will have that Nisayim, and, and, and you will have the pride of, of doing something, of being tested way that I wasn't. The way that you can stand up and say, I'm different. And, and, and yes, and, and uh, that's, the, you know, it, it, Rev. Whitney used to say that the biggest thing to emphasize today is Ge'on Yaakov, the pride of being a Jew. Uh, if a person sees Mamlechas Kohanim, that's what we are. We're a nation that's unique, and we have a unique mission. It, you know, it, it's hard for somebody who has a lot of talent and has got personality and can, could have become the CEO of, you know, one of the largest. And it doesn't because, you know, being a Jew requires an establish, but, but that, that makes you, that makes your accomplishment of being Jewish so much more significant than my achievement in that area. Shrecha. Um, 